what up? Spencer Davis back here with another episode of the Church Voice Podcast. As usual with my co-host. Tyler Rhodes, what up? And we are so pumped up to be... I know I'm pumped up. I don't know I'm about excited, you, man. but I don't know why I'm so excited to be here today. <laughs> like, I, I was just looking... Like, even since the end of the day yesterday, I was just looking forward to the podcast. Same. Not because, like, I yeah. feel like I have anything profound to say, but I just... <laughs> I just honestly enjoy, I enjoy doing this. I yep. enjoy you guys Same. watching. Um, for those who are listening, listen, we appreciate yep. you guys so, 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 so much. Thank you. Yep. Um, we actually had two, two reviews this week. Two. So shout out to you who have been listening. I think yep. there was one Wesley Lance who yep. left us a review, so we appreciate you, Wes. And then there was um, a, an individual by the name of R Dubs. R Dubs, shout some, out to you, R Dubs. With some numbers behind it, but R Dubs, yeah. we appreciate you for leaving a review. Yeah. But listen, we continue to encourage you guys leave yep. reviews um, yep. for the podcast. If you enjoy what you're listening to, leave us a review. If you're on YouTube, leave a comment yeah. down below. Um, whatever you want, whatever you want to do, but just show us some love, and we we we'll show you love back. Yeah. And we or show us it. some hate. Well, and we'll show you too. some hate back. That too. I'm just yeah. Kidding. Yeah. Just kidding. We'll debate. If you got questions, <laughs> leave a question in the comments. Um, but we just want to tell you we appreciate you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, at the Church Voice Podcast, it's all about building the body of Christ through a variety yep. of voices. And we do that through the avenue of church history. And we are completely sponsored, supported, and, and recorded. recorded. I just like saying that. <laughs> hey. At Christian Center Church um, here in South Bend, Indiana. Check us out at christiancenter.org. O R G O R G. Um, so, Pastor Tyler, how are you doing uh, this wonderful Friday morning? I'm doing good. Yeah. yeah, I'm doing good. It's 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 one of those things where it's so funny. You know how we talked about how this was several weeks ago. How my daughter kept waking up. Yeah. In the middle of the night, and you were like, "Cut the morning nap." Yeah. Just do one in the early My afternoon. Professional parenting advice. Yep. Early afternoon and you, and you'll be fine. Yeah. Well, that has worked. Really? That has worked. See? She's sleeping through the night. I'll, uh, but, I'll send you an invoice. But what? <laughs> keep that invoice. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. This girl around about six o'clock, she'll go to bed by eight usually. Mm-hmm. This girl about six o'clock in the morning. The, the at night. Oh, okay. The level of attitude this girl has close yeah. to bedtime. Okay. Oh, that's real. That's the real. The level of attitude that's real. your daughter has in general. Okay. okay. She's ready to give out <laughs> attitude at any point in the day. Yeah. So I have a hard time believing that it's much worse oh, than, I'm what, telling you, than what I get when dude. she comes to the office. I don't know what it is, but... Dude, what you get is coldness. Yeah. What she gives us is pure resistance. Really? And, like, she's learning how to manipulate us. Mm. Like, it's crazy. Uh, Yesterday... I, I told my wife. Uh-huh. I, I'm like, he's a sinner like the rest of us. Aren't they just... They just they yes. start doing that stuff so early. They do. But we love them. They do. We love them. Yesterday, she was standing on the living room table, and I'm like, it's unacceptable. <laughs> it's unacceptable, fam. It's unacceptable. <laughs> and so I turn around because because me and Dentine were cooking. So we were in the kitchen, and I look over. She's standing up on the table. I'm like, hey, hey, what? Yeah. What's going on here? Yeah. So I walk over there. Then she starts dancing on the table, oh, all cute, like, "Oh, look at me, next. Daddy! I don't know why. Look at me! <laughs> don't touch me!" But I was like, "I, I knew dancing was coming yep. next." She starts dancing on the table. I'm like, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, no! Don't be dancing, uh-uh. being all cute. No, You're in trouble." None of that. So I pick her up and she hugs me. 
Yeah. And then says, down, Uh-oh. and I set her down. She gets back up on the table. And I'm like, she didn't get back up oh, on the table okay. right then, but later I turn around, I look back, the Joker is standing <laughs> on the table. I'm like, she knows. She knows. Oh, yeah. She knows. She knows exactly what she's doing, yep. and it's yep. hilarious. Yep. So I'm doing well. Not like it's a problem or anything. It's just, yeah. the, it's just the funny parenting things. Oh, but that's yeah. been on my mind today because that happened last night. Oh, yeah. And every time when she's taking a bath, every time I leave the room, she stands up. Really? Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. It's crazy how they're learning. <laughs> it's crazy. You know, how are you it, doing? Are well, your kids I'm, manipulating you too? Oh, for sure. For <laughs> sure. But you talked about the sweetness thing, like, or like the, the giving you a hug or whatever. Oh, yeah. Like, dude, Riley is that dude. <laughs> that dude's got charm for days. <laughs> it is like, it's scary. Yeah. It's so scary. Cause like, especially when you know he's in trouble, he'll do like the big hug. Oh, I love you, Papa. I love you, Papa. And he's uh, like, and, and then like you're getting on him. He's like, mm-hmm. okay, okay, okay. But I love you. <laughs> I love, okay, okay. I hear what you're saying, but I love you. I love you. Mm-hmm. And so he's just, dude, this, I mean, really both my boys are just hilarious. Yeah. But I've got, a terrible story. Uh oh. I really okay. I really messed up on this one. Oh geez. I take I take responsibility. Um, and I didn't know until like ten o'clock last night because I I got home late. I I went and hung out with my dad for a little bit. He was in town, so we went and hung out and uh, and I got home and my wife is like about in tears. Okay. And uh, so I let and, and just to preface the story, all right. I woke up yesterday morning. And preface. I, preface. 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 <laughs> I'm. I said it the way that I said it because that's how I say it. I knew it's preface, but I said preface because I wanted to say preface. <laughs> Drop in the comments if you say preface or preface. It ain't. It, I'm just kidding. No, Don't do it. That. Ain't preface. Anyway, um. So. Mind you, I woke up in the morning, I looked at my dresser, and my hair liners, you know, to line up your hair, you right. know, make it crispy or whatever, mm. my, my liners were on the dresser. And something in my spirit <laughs> said, put the liners away because Riley might get to mm-hmm. it. Something in my spirit told mm-hmm. me that, and I was not obedient to the spirit. Yeah. I disobeyed. And so fast forward to about 10 o'clock last night, my wife is like, babe, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> I'm going to literally kill you. N- mind you, my, my, my son has... <laughs> I know what's coming. My son has beautiful curly brown hair, right? And it's long. We braid it. He does ponytails. I mean, like, it's luscious. It's right? fly. It it's is, fly. He's got yep. a good head of yep. hair. Yep. And she's like, honey, I'm going to kill you. And I'm like, why, babe? What happened? And she's like, my baby. And I'm like, what happened to my baby? <laughs> and she's like, I didn't really. And, and this happened in the middle of the day. Mm. She didn't realize till she took his hair down because it was braided. She took his hair down last night, giving him a bath. <laughs> and she discovers this patch <laughs> smack on the top of his head. Like right here. For those who are on YouTube, it's right here. <laughs> the smack on the top of his head. 
And she starts bawling because <laughs> and my wife, my wife is so dramatic, bless her heart. And I'm so telling on, on myself on the podcast. My wife is so dramatic. She starts tearing up because she's like, what have I done? Because she thinks it's alopecia. Uh, so she's thinking like she's doing something wrong with uh, his hair, like braiding it or whatever. Yeah. To where, And she's like, she's got hair in her hands. And she's like, oh, my gosh, my baby's hair is falling out. <laughs> and so she, she's freaking out. But then she remembers that Reese was like, mommy, mommy, mommy. Riley has the clippers. And then a couple minutes later, Riley brings the clippers to her, like, here, mommy, mm. and brings them to her. Didn't think anything about it. Yeah. Long story short, my son, <laughs> my beautiful, my beautiful baby boy, has got a patch in his head about the size of a of a silver dollar. Dude. <laughs> in his head, down to the down to the straight hair. And um, so yeah, we're we're just and, and I'm like, babe, I said, third birthday, and his birthday's in October, so I'm like, third birthday, we are gonna have to cut it. And she's like, no, and like, I mean, she's literally like, get out, get out, <laughs> I'm, I'm here, baby. And like, and she's like, literally tearing up, and she's like, you're not cutting my baby's hair, so, so yeah, I'm kind of in the doghouse right now. I messed up. As you should be. I messed up, man. <laughs> I was like, and I'm looking at her. I'm like, babe, what are we going to do? Yeah. <laughs> like, because you can't braid it now mm. because, like, <laughs> I messed up. I messed up, y'all. Le- all right. All right. In the comments, let me know if your your kids have ever gotten in the Clippers. Because Oh, my brother I, did. It did happens he? a lot. Oh, oh yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. the worst. It man. happens And I a lot. knew. I knew. To put them away, but it's weird how that happens in it. But oh, yeah. it's it's not like a you'll get those impressions, but they're not like hard impressions. Yeah, like I all I always when I dismiss those, I always dismiss those impressions as just like random thoughts. Yeah. like oh you should put that away. Oh yeah, and I just no, and I don't. No, that was pure disobedience. Yeah, like because uh, the fact that it happened the day. Of, yeah, I was disobedient. Yeah. <laughs> I was that was pure disobedience, and my son paid the consequences. Mm. So put your clippers up if you got them. Put them up. Yeah, don't let your kids get into them. Yeah. So, uh, well, I you know I try to make sure to get my hairline crispy as well. Yeah. Yeah. What hairline? You have? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. You set it up. You set it up. I, I did set it up. Couldn't help it. I did set it up. Um, put in the comments. <laughs> okay. Don't put anything. Else put in, in the, the comments. comments anyway. How much of a jerk he is. <laughs> I got a hold of your clippers too. Everybody <laughs> did. You leave them out all the dad come time. <laughs> yeah, I messed up, man. I am really I'm kind of heartbroken, but I'm Speaking playing. of my balding hair, last night <laughs> last yeah. night as I'm as I'm in there with Parker, she's taking a bath and I'm just I'm just in there watching her. Yeah. Then Teen walks in, she likes to like examine my head. Like it's it's one of the most annoying things. Yeah. And she likes to like pick at it and stuff. Uh-huh. And so she was like, she was like looking all through my head last night, you alopecia. know. Yeah, I don't know what alopecia <laughs> is. I'm not gonna lie to you. I don't know what in the world that is. You keep saying alopecia earlier. I was like, yeah, alopecia. <laughs> yep, I thought it was that too. <laughs> is it a medical condition? Yeah, or? it's like a scalp condition. So, like uh, it, it, and your hair can fall out, and yeah. Well, it, this it probably is alopecia. <laughs> Cause I'm, I'm like, I'm there and she's like looking, she's like looking at my head and all of a sudden she goes, Oh no. It, 
Don't ever I'm like, say what? that. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I can't see back there. Exactly. I'm like, what? What's yeah. going on? She's like, you're definitely balding right in this area right here. She was like, like, like you're you're gonna be the kind of guy if we don't cut your hair off, you'll be the kind of guy with the stadium haircut. Yeah. Do you know what I mean by oh, the yeah. stadium For haircut? Sure. For sure. It's just like yeah. You see, you see dudes' hair, and it it looks like a football or soccer yeah. stadium to me. Yeah. Like it's a it's yeah. it's tep- and I'm yeah. not doing it. Here are the stands. <laughs> exactly. And this is the field. Exactly. This is where yeah. the action happens yeah, right yeah. here. And so she's like, "You're balding right in that oh, exact man. spot." That's tough. And I'm like, either I'm getting a yamaka. Yeah. Which is probably highly disrespectful. Probably. Or it's gone. Yeah. Like it's gone. Like as soon as it gets as soon as it gets close to the point. Yeah. Where it's noticeable, it's it's over. Yeah. I'm bald. Yeah. It's just a matter of having the bald head kind of head. <laughs> you got to have the right head to be bald, man. I don't. I don't have a choice. Hey, well, yeah, you're right. I don't have you're a choice because right. right. I'm. I can't do the stadium. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You could always get one of those implants. That's true. Yeah, you could Me always. and LeBron. Yeah. Oh, Me fired. and LeBron. Um, <laughs> we're going to put that in the title of this video. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so anyway, let's get to our conversation because I think we can go on and on because we're just in that kind Yeah, of you hit today. a sore spot. I'm being in yeah. a bad mood yeah. the, whole, the whole rest of the podcast. Listen, listen. Hair club for men. Hair club so, for men. Rogaine. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to get into our topic for today. And this is one I think that a lot of people can relate to. Um, this is another one where, like, it's so easy to feel unqualified to talk about oh, it. Yeah. Because, you know, how we approach this topic or how we approach this particular spiritual discipline, I think, is is critical for, for believers and for... Um, those who are engaging in this sort of discipline, as we all should. And so um, I would like, I'm going to go through the bio, and and honestly, I'm going to have you say this man's name so that I don't, (laughs) so that I don't butcher it like I once have. Yes. Um, So go ahead and tell us his name, and then I'm going to go through the bio. (laughs) Sounds good. So the gentleman that we are studying today who might be the most interesting guy we've looked at. Really? Oh, my goodness. Like, studying him was so much fun. <laughs> like, I'm going to keep doing it. But this guy's name is John Scottis okay. Irigina. Irigina. said that. Yeah, well, and you didn't when you tried to type it in on Google. <laughs> we might have to call you out Listen, for that. You should have seen what I tried when you first told me his name. The spelling that I put into Google, Google was like, I have no idea. I don't know who that is. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, go ahead. That's his name. Oh, sorry. <laughs> supposed My to bad. Say the so, How many times do you want me to say so his name? John Scotus. Irigina. Irigina. That's my best shot. Yeah. I, I don't know. John Scotus Neutrogena. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <Neutrogena>. <laughs> That's what comes to my mind. So John Scotus Irigina um, was born somewhere between, it's, it's debatable when he was exactly mm-hmm. born. So somewhere between 800 and 815 AD, and he died in the year 877. So this is going way back. Yep. You know, we love the way backs. The further we, we go do. back, I think it's... There's such rich um, theological understanding back there because it's so mm-hmm. close to, yep, uh, to the time when Jesus was here. 
um, and walk the earth. So his name, um, his name is Irish for John the Irish. Is it Gale? Gale. Gale. So that's, I mean, or John the Irishman. So I, so we can call him John the Irishman. That that feels right that to me. Feels Let's so do that. Feels so much better Let's than Neutrogena. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. So John the Irishman, um, many referred to him as, and he was a Irish Catholic Neoplatonist Augustinian philosopher. Well done. I got through it. Well done. Um, theo- he was a theolo- theologian and a poet. Many referred to him as the most significant Irish intellectual of the early monastic period and is widely recognized as the most outstanding thinker of the whole period of Latin philosophy from Bothius. Bothius. <laughs> to Anselm. And, and to Anselm, right? And um, I don't know if you put in here, but I he was actually, he was named one of the most influential people of that era. Um, when I looked him up on Wikipedia, he was, he was, Kind of, oh, I, like officially? Yeah, like officially. Oh, I didn't know that. One of the most influential people of, of kind of of his time. Oh, I didn't know so that. So like like a that's cool. Like a Time Magazine <laughs> most influential people of of the if they had Time Magazine wow. back then. That's the way I pictured it. I'm sure it. they did. Like this this like this Google etching of his face. <laughs> like I just pictured that on the front of like some ancient Time Magazine. Time Magazine. But that's the way I. Think it was so. full of a whole bunch of trash then too. Yeah. Oh goodness. <laughs> um. So he was heavily influenced by early church fathers like Maximus the Confessor, um, Gregory of Nicaea, uh, and Kappa... The Cappadocians. I, listen, man, you're going to have to help me. Right? <laughs> no, hey, I'm, I'm here for you. Right. I, t- I tried to warn you. I, you did try to warn me. That just because of this era, because yeah. he was a philosopher, there's a whole lot of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So crazy any words. names I don't... Get, I'm just going to look to you. <laughs> so uh, he was highly controversial at the time, and the years uh, to follow, he was condemned as a heretic for being a pantheist, mm-hmm. right? Can you? What is a pantheist? A pantheist is someone who identifies God with all of creation, mm-hmm. that creation and God are, are inseparable, Got that it. they are, yeah, they're, they're one in the same. Got it. And he, now, in all honesty, he says some things darn close yeah. to, to that. Now, I, I don't, and we might, we might even get into this later, I don't consider him a pantheist. Got it. I think his writings were largely misunderstood in that way. Mm. But anytime, like, anytime I see theologian and poet together, yeah. I know this person's about to be confusing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they're, they're, they're so deeply intellectual and rational and yet so creative at the same time yeah. that you put that together yeah. and it's like those of us who are just rational or just creative have a hard time understanding yeah. someone who's both. It's easy to be misunderstood. It is. In that, in that sense. Yeah. So, however, it is our position that he, again, misunderstood. <laughs> you literally just said all those things. I did. But My what bad. got I'm me was you were like, bio, you people. were like, position. <laughs> I'm just going to move on. <laughs> So, um, but you have a fun fact for us. So now that we've gotten through that, you've got a fun fact about um, John. Wait, the John, Irishman. The Irishman. Yeah. So tell us, tell us about. So him. here's what about here's what's interesting about about, about John Fam. He was commissioned by two French popes okay. 
okay. to come into this this council. Because mm-hmm. back then, the Catholic Church would have all these councils, and they would condemn who was a heretic and who wasn't. And I don't, uh, just to be honest, I don't put a lot of stock into who they called a heretic and who they didn't yeah. back then. Because yeah. anybody who didn't believe exactly what they believed was a heretic. Yeah. So he was brought in to refute a treatise from a guy named, a Saxon monk named Gottschalk. Maybe okay. you've heard of Gottschalk. Maybe you haven't. <laughs> I know, right? He, a lot of people see him as a precursor to Calvinism. Okay. Because he was a firm proponent of double predestination. That God predestines, yes, that God predestines uh, a certain group of people to go to heaven, and God predestines a certain group of people to go to hell. That's the, I think that's the simplest way to put it. Sounds about so, right. So he I'm was, just kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like that idea. No. <laughs> so he was going around I'm fiercely... Just, I'm, I swear I'm joking. That sounded so insensitive. <laughs> no. <laughs> he was going around fiercely defending this position mm-hmm. of, of double predestination. So these popes who John the Irishman had gotten such a reputation for being a brilliant thinker that they bring him in to defend the church's position, but he ends up critiquing Gottschalk's position and the church's position, who he was called to come in and defend. (laughs) Y'all both wrong. I know. (laughs) So in in him coming to refute someone else and see them condemned, he ends up being condemned as a heretic for teaching something different. Yeah, condemned by both parties. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. Pre- double predestination, double con- <laughs> condemnation <laughs> Condemnation, <for> <laughs> exactly. Well, and it's so funny to me because it's like, I just I just don't see how he didn't know exactly what he was doing. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, y'all yeah. want me to come in and defend yeah. your position? I got you. Yeah. I got yeah, yeah, you. Yeah. And he did not go in with the yeah. with, with that I intention. I can see you doing the exact same thing. I would have a hard time not doing Even if I believed what the yeah. church was saying, I'd have yeah. a hard time not doing yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I tend to be a contrarian in that way. Yeah. You, you kind of... Pretty dis- you're pretty good at dismantling both sides of the argument. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then nobody knows what <laughs> right, to think. Right. Exactly. Right. Well, um, that's what's that's what's hilarious about it to me. Yeah. Is that yeah, yeah. he comes in, everybody's confused, and they're like, you know what? <laughs> you're a heretic. Yeah. And then like two councils after this condemn him. Yeah. I mean, the dude just like that's I said, he was so controversial in his yeah. time. Yeah. Um, but the dude is is brilliant. Yeah. Like trying, I, trying to read some of his stuff, and I'm going to keep on trying to read uh, into what he's saying. I, I see why they misunderstood him. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know what he's talking about, and it's yeah. not because he's <laughs> unclear. Yeah. It's because I'm not smart enough to right. keep up with his mind. Yeah. It's just complex. It is. It's just yeah. complex. Yeah. Well, um, well, he talked about one thing, and so yes, we want to talk about. I mean, obviously, he's. Obviously, got a thorough life and a large, probably a pretty large body of work in oh, yeah. the sense of you know historical influence. Mm-hmm. But you've got a quote from him, yeah, uh, that I think is just so relevant. Be- and, and and let me just cue this up in saying like, this is one of the most uh, talked about subjects because it's a given. I think it's a given mm-hmm. in our faith. And we're going to talk about, we're pretty much going to talk about scripture yep. and, and scripture reading. Mm-hmm. And it's so significant because if you talk to the newest of believer or the oldest of believer, the importance of reading scripture yep. is of the absolute importance. Right. And the and the struggle of reading scripture is of one of the 
biggest difficulties for people. Yep. It's one of even as a pastor, mm-hmm. it's something that I wrestle with yeah. in my in my personal life and personal time. Yes, I read and I I study, you know, for the purpose of of preparation, but I I also have to study for the for personal. Yes. You know, uh, uh, relationship with Jesus, and so like, but it's something that I think a lot of people wrestle with. And I think he said something so profound because you shared it with me. But go ahead and share it with our listeners, you know, as far as what what he said in reference to to scripture. Yeah, here's what's so cool about this. The context makes this even cooler yeah. than just the quote itself. So this quote is from his work called Oh snap. Oh, the four divisions of nature. <laughs> I lost it for a second. Come on, Spence. I know, right? <laughs> Uh, the Four Divisions of Nature, which was highly philosophical, mm-hmm. and there was almost no scriptural citations in it. Mm. This, is, this is what's neat about it. And this is part of the reason he was condemned, is that they said, you didn't have enough scriptural citations in your argument to say you're defending a scriptural position. Yeah. But he took a, a very big picture philosophical route, and the, the scriptures or the mind of Christ was the foundation for what he was saying, even if he wasn't making all these quotations Mm. throughout his writings. But he stops right in the middle of this rigorously philosophical text, Mm. and right in the middle of it has this long thought about how much he loves Jesus Mm. and how he wants to know him and how that's his foundation and about the Scripture and the role the Scripture plays in his life. Well, it's interesting because it's a it's a ph- philosophical I, again, he's he's going the philosophical route. So like naturally in that in that category, it's it's not that it, it's not a sermon and it's not right. a, a biblical study. It's right. it's a philosophy. Right. You know, and it's so, a refutation. Yeah. So you're you're going you're going to you're going to step into some other areas of expertise, yeah. and the, the Scripture can be the driving force behind what you're saying, but not everything you're saying you can write down, okay, Romans 3.20, okay, right, Ephesians right, 1.6. Right, you, right. you may not be able to write down a quote next to it, yeah. but it's all filtered through this lens. Yep. Yep. And so he talks about how all the revelation that we have is from is of the Word, Jesus, and it's through the Word yeah. that we've been given. So he says this, it is nowhere more proper to seek you, being God, than in your words. So, too, there is no place where you may be more openly found than in them. There you prepare spiritual banquets of true knowledge for your elect. Making a passage therein, you minister to them. Mm. Such a powerful quote, and really moving when you read it, especially in its context but there's a there's a few things in which I think we should point out yeah. and and we should begin to talk about. The the first one I want to mention is this, the term passage. Yeah. Whenever we say we're going to study a passage of scripture, so often what we mean is a paragraph. Yeah. Or a, a thought, yeah. a segment, a piece, yeah. a part. Right. When he says passage, and when the early church fathers said a passage of Scripture, they didn't mean a part. They meant a passageway. Mm. They, they meant an open way. Um, they meant a road, <laughs> mm. one that, that we take a journey on. So what he's saying 
is that when we open up the scriptures, God has created a passageway for us to encounter him. That changes everything. It changes the way in which every time we open up the scripture, it changes the way in which we see what's going on because we're not showing up with God absent, trying, trying to figure out what the scripture is saying. Mm. When we show up, we submit ourselves to the passageway that God has opened up. And he says to even build on that, he says there in the scriptures, you prepare spiritual banquets of true knowledge for your elect. And so whenever we read the scripture, that is where we have, that is where we have theophanies. Theophany just means this, an encounter with God. You know, when, when, you know, when Jacob in Genesis uh, sees the ladder and sees the angels descending up between heaven and earth. That that's a theophany. When when Paul sees Jesus on the Damascus road, that's a theophany. Mm-hmm. That is a human being's life being interrupted mm-hmm. by an encounter with God. That when we read the Scripture, we are we are encountering God, and He has prepared these spiritual banquets of true knowledge and revelation for us of of Jesus and of ourselves and of God's character and of of the way he works in the world, like all of these things. So when we approach the scripture, we're encountering him, that that is an, that is an open way for us to be in relationship with God and to feast on the banquet that he's prepared for us. Mm-hmm. And that is just, it's so moving to see the scripture in that way, because when we, when we go to the scripture and, and we feel nothing and we get nothing, and it is, it is nothing. I think part of the issue is our perspective of what's going on. Yeah. We treat the Bible as a textbook. Mm. The most important textbook, the textbook we should all be reading, mm. but a textbook nonetheless. Yeah. And it's, it's not that. It's a banquet. Yeah. It's a banquet that we sit, every time we open the scripture, we are sitting in God's dining hall, mm. feasting on the revelation that he wants to impart to us. Yeah. And I, I think to start there, and we can get into the more of how-tos and, and maybe a little bit into reading it well. There's other things we might get into later. Yeah. But just to start there yeah. and to say this is our beginning place of seeing, seeing the Scripture as the passageway that it is right into an encounter with God. Yeah, I mean, and I know when we talked about this the other day, it, it, was, it was revelatory for me. Like, it was a revelation because... Um, I think that, and this goes way back. And if and if you guys haven't listened to this, I, I can't I can't remember what episode it was, but we had a guilt versus grace conversation a while back. I can't remember who our subject was. Was it John of the Cross talking about selfish spirituality? Was it that one? Um, it might have been. It might have been. Nonetheless, we'll find yeah. it and we'll leave a link in the Sounds bio. Good. We'll leave a link on the YouTube page. Listen to that episode because I think. That's what that's what's at the core of our of in a way our our because I've described it as this way. I've described it as a literal resistance to the word. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm speaking as a pastor, and I want to be mm-hmm. all the way vulnerable mm-hmm. because this is a real struggle for not just me, but for Christians across the board. So many, so many of is, us. Is this mm-hmm. resistance to the word, but the only reason I resist it is, be, is mostly because of my perspective and my approach to it, mm-hmm. right? Because 
and I, and I love where you started because that is exactly where it starts is how mm-hmm. are we thinking about this activity mm-hmm. of approaching the word of God? Yeah. Like how how are we going into it? Am I going into it because because I feel so many times it's just the obligation. Yes. And it's not and it's not for the encounter, right? And, and, and here's the thing, even if you know that it's good for you, even if you know that it's beneficial, yep. how many times do we approach the scripture out of pure obligation and not encounter, right? Right. Where, where and I love what he's saying because it's literally a path to God. It's literally a passageway, mm-hmm. a way of... A way of like, because when I think about a passageway, I think about like a trail. I think about a road. I think about however you want to look at it. But nonetheless, there's it's it's the one way to get from here to there, mm-hmm. right? So it's the yep. one way to get from where I'm at mm-hmm. to get to where God is at. Yes. So when we think about this word passage, that has to be the perspective when we approach the word, mm-hmm. and we have to deal with that guilt. Yeah. So many times I I I approach the word out of out of guilt and then if I feel like I haven't been reading enough or I haven't been doing enough or I haven't been spiritual enough or I or I've been it, it, say there's a, a sinful thinking or there's sin in my that I feel like is in my life or whatever I approach the word with this guilt which makes it an obligation and then I can't get past that guilt to get on that to get on the passage. Right. Does that make sense? Yes. So I can't I can't get past the guilt in my life to actually get on the passage mm-hmm. of what I'm reading. Right. Right? So that's where and I think that's where so many times we don't get anything or we or we uh, feel like we're not understanding the scripture mm-hmm. because we can't get on the passage so many times because our perspective and because of the guilt. Right. Does that make right. sense? It makes perfect sense. I think the only way to open up the scriptures and not encounter God is if we approach them falsely. Mm. And when I say approach them falsely, I think the best example of that is is the devil himself. Yeah. He he comes and he approaches Jesus in the wilderness after his baptism and every temptation that the devil put forward was a quote from Scripture, mm-hmm. but it wasn't God's Word. Right. Because even if we share the truth of God, if we don't share in the heart of God, then that truth ceases to be the truth of God. Yeah. It's no longer His, yeah. because every one of God's words is full of God's God's self. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it, every single one of His words proceeds from the life and the being that he is. That's why Jesus says, "My words are life." Yeah. Well, eat, eat my flesh and drink my blood, and and become what you eat right, and drink. Right. His words are are life. They yeah. come from life, and so the only way to not feed on that life right. is to to approach them falsely. Yep. To try to use the text as a pretext for whatever we want it to say. Mm-hmm. That's when we approach it falsely. We approach it in a manner of of being anti Jesus, anti Christ when yeah. we approach it that way. Yeah. But I think when we come humbly, and even even being flawed, when we come humbly, we encounter God in that moment. I wanted to read right quick Psalm 119, 9, 10, and 11. It says, How can a young man keep his way pure? By keeping your word. I have sought you with all my heart. Don't let me wander from your commandments. This is important. I have treasured your word in my heart so that I may not sin against you. Mm. 
And you think about the parable of the sower, the first three kinds of soil that Jesus describes don't receive the word and don't bear fruit. Right. But the final kind, what does he say about the soil that's good? He says that it welcomes the word or welcomes the seed into our heart. Mm. That whenever we approach whenever we approach the word of God, it is something to be treasured. Yeah. It is something to be marveled at. It is something to submit ourselves to all our pre-understandings, our whole self, our whole life, submit everything to it and let that passageway take us yep. where it wants to take us yeah. and and to obey the leading that we feel in yeah. the encounter that we are participating in. Yeah. Yeah, and I and I agree with that. You know, because it says and I was I was trying to look up uh Revelation uh I think it was chapter 19 because I read it in in the devotion yesterday. Um, for the staff, mm-hmm. and how how it says that his name is the Word of God, right? And it's yeah. talking about Jesus. And so, like when we're when we approach the Word, we are approaching, we are approaching Jesus, right? And like, and here's the thing: that's why it's so important to have that to have that perspective, mm-hmm. because I think we all have encountered people who know the Word but don't know God. Yes, right. Who know the scriptures? And I've been that. <laughs> oh, I've been that too. I've been that too. Yeah. And I and I've been in places where where I think that I know, or I or I am, I am haughty in what I have been doing. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm I I I know I've been reading and I know I've been praying and da 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 da. But like in my actions, I don't I don't know God. Mm-hmm. But even deeper, you know, we can we can go through these long seasons where we're reading every day but 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 we're not we're not we're not getting anywhere we're not getting to that place mm-hmm. with the lord and we've all we've all been there yes. we've all been there and so again not to just beat a dead horse but that perspective is critical it is it's critical because then when we have that perspective and maybe we can go into the practical a little bit sure. but like but then cuz it starts with the perspective but then when we have the perspective then we can we can get into that deeper understanding mm-hmm. and we can we can use different tools and we can we can see the bigger picture in the passage you know instead of just reading it and shutting it and moving on exactly you know what i'm saying we can get more out of it when we begin with that different perspective yeah exactly i found the scripture you were looking yeah, for yeah yeah um it says Talking of Jesus, he wore a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And yep. so we get to encounter, like, he is the Word of God. Mm-hmm. You know, it says the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Right. Like, that's who Jesus is. Yes. And so it's easy for me to think that this book is just a book. Right. But, like, it's not. Right. You know, it's the... And I know, and I know like, for, for church folks, we're just... We're just talking, you know, church and ease here, but like, mm-hmm. but like we have to have that perspective because it yes. takes, it takes humility mm-hmm. to say, wait, no, this is a living book. Mm-hmm. This is the only living book it's on alive. the planet, yep. you know? And like, mm-hmm. yeah, the words aren't moving and like, but like Jesus is present mm-hmm. when we approach the word. Exactly. He's very much so present right. if we have, if we have that perspective of him. Yeah, exactly. You know? And again, I'm, I I don't I don't have the consistency that I want to have. Oh, me neither. And it's because because I have to I have to deal with that perspective. Yeah. In my approach. Yeah. Every every single time. Yeah, absolutely. I think one way, getting to a bit 
a bit of the practical side yeah, of like it. Like help us out a little bit with that too. Yeah. yeah. One of the things, so one of the ways that I gauge if I am approaching the scriptures falsely or not is to say, am I ever astonished at what I'm reading? Because if, if Jesus and God only ever speak and act in ways that make sense to me, number one, and that I expect to come, number two, I'm reading them falsely. That's good. Because I've been so familiar that I've created a God in my own image, and what I am is I'm a Pharisee. Because when you, the Pharisees didn't misrepresent and misunderstand Jesus because they weren't familiar with God. They were too familiar with God. And to the degree that they had created a God in their own image and created a way of life based off of that image of God, that when God himself shows up, he can't disrupt their view of God. And we get to that place. I get to that place where every single thing I'm reading, I'm like, that makes sense. That makes sense. I already know that. I already know this. I already understand that. And all of a sudden, I realized I've been reading through the Gospel of Mark, yeah. and it's been, it's been breaking my heart mm-hmm. because the characters in the story I most identify with, it ain't Jesus, it ain't the disciples, it ain't the poor, it's the Pharisees. Yeah, I went through the same thing when I went through Mark. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is about yeah, Mark. I don't know what like, it is either. And I think there's so many of those that that discourse yeah, between the, the Pharisees mm-hmm. and, the, and the like, and they try to tri- like. There's a mm-hmm. lot of that in Mark, yeah, it's kind of more than than the other gospels to me. At least that's what I, yeah, that's, that's how I feel. Yeah, there's like a there's like a period there, and I'm I'm in chapter twelve. Like yeah. the whole chapter yeah. is this yeah. is these different discourses yeah. and debates. Yeah. Yep. and discussions. But I was there too yeah. when I went through that, and mm-hmm. and it's and it's so true. And I love I. And I and I don't mean to say this all, but I love what you're saying mm-hmm. because that marveling, mm-hmm. like they couldn't, they knew they knew Jesus according to the scriptures in the prophets, right? Mm-hmm. They knew, like they knew, they mm-hmm. knew, and they knew what they they. <laughs> that's deep. They knew what they were looking for, exactly. But they didn't know who 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 God was bringing, exactly, right? And like so, they couldn't marvel. When he was in their face, mm-hmm. that marveling is is mm-hmm. is critical, right? You know, like we we should be able to marvel at what the scriptures are saying to yes. us, and those principles should come out. And, and like, I, and I'm thinking about the times. I'm thinking about the times where I'm like, oh my gosh, gosh, not God, <laughs> like, <laughs> oh my gosh, this is mm-hmm. this is too much for me right now. Yeah. And, and it and it can be here's the thing it can be after I've read a whole chapter or after I've read three verses yep but those those times of mar- because I'm like man I don't know what I thought I know mm-hmm. and that's where we we have to and that's that's it, revelation it, it is revelation but we can only stay there if we're like little children mm-hmm. if we have that kind of faith if we have that kind of approach but I, I love what you're saying about the marveling that's so yeah cool. and the the text gives us those clues yes. Because the crowd is amazed at Jesus, and the reason why I use the word astonished is because in Mark, the Mark const and this is the CSB, so maybe other, I'm sure other translations use other words to describe this, but Mark constantly is saying the disciples are astonished. And what got me one day recent, this is probably, man, this is probably only a week ago, I can't, and I even put a post on Facebook about it because I'm like, it's striking to me how often the disciples are astonished mm-hmm. that every time Jesus speaks and acts, it is almost exclusively in ways they don't see coming. Yeah. 
the only people who aren't amazed are the Pharisees. Mm. And that, that struck me because I'm thinking Jesus is healing the crowds and they're amazed. Jesus is, is ministering to the poor and they're amazed. Jesus is leading the disciples, and they're astonished. Yeah. Jesus is literally speaking to the... Like, the disciples yeah. were, were astonished at the things he said. Exactly, even. exactly. Like, even beyond, like, yeah, they were astonished by the miracles, but even just the things that he spoke, it says that people were astonished. Exactly, and that's... In, in the discourses I'm reading, it's even more speech than acting right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, uh, like, for instance, Jesus walks by the temple and he's like, I'm going to destroy this and rebuild it in three days. And the disciples are like, what? <laughs> yeah. What are you talking about? And that's part of what the Pharisees are, are claiming of him being blasphemous, is they're saying, well, he's going to destroy our temple. He's going to destroy the house of God. Mm-hmm. What's he doing? Why, how, we can't let him do this. But they don't, they're not amazed. Mm. And they're not amazed because they're not looking for it. They're not open to it. Yeah. That they're the other kind of the three types of soil that Jesus mm. talks about in the parable of the sower. And so we have to humble ourselves and open ourselves to that passageway. And how I know I'm moving down that passage is if I'm astonished yeah. at what I'm seeing and what I'm hearing mm. and what I'm encounter- encountering as I'm going. Yeah. And I think that that's an important thing. Yeah. I think another important thing is as well, and I think this is one of the reasons that we don't read consistently, and, and we have a hard time even saying we encounter God in the Scripture, this is hard, is that the Scripture isn't just the revelation of God to us. It's the revelation of us to ourselves. Yeah, that's what I was just... I was having the same mm-hmm. thought. Mm-hmm. Because that's... So on the one side... On the one side, the people and the disciples are astonished. Mm-hmm. And on the other side, and you use the example of, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tear down the temple and rebuild it in three days. On the other side, the Pharisees were completely resistant yep. to what he was doing and yep. what he said. Mm-hmm. And so, so there's, there's the one side of being astonished but there's the one side of accepting mm-hmm. what God is number one number one accepting the the fullness of scripture in yes. general accepting the whole of the bible mm-hmm. right Let, like let's get let's get down to the to the bare minimums and like the the minimum requirement is accepting the whole of the bible mm-hmm. as the infallible truth and word of god right yeah. because if we if we can't do that then there are going to be things that we don't like, yes. right? And we are going to dispute those things. So we're going to accept this here and not accept this here. Mm-hmm. So that's at the core. Because then as we get into these passage, passages, these passages will lead us to a place of correction. Yes, It'll lead us to a place of conviction. It'll lead us to a place of change. But if we, if we don't accept... Number one, the full of Scripture, and number two, what Jesus is, who Jesus is in the Scripture, right? And who that means we have to be exactly. We're 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 going to resist it. Mm-hmm. We we are absolutely going to resist it because mm-hmm. it it we don't we don't want that level of change, right? 
Exactly. Well, and that's what makes us resistant. Mm-hmm. That's that's what makes us say, okay, let's take the example of of us identifying. I almost slapped you. <laughs> let's take the example. Let's let's take the example of us reading Mark and identifying with the Pharisees more than anyone else. A part of me wanted to feel guilty because I knew I was being convicted over my pattern of behavior, over my mind, over my sin, these kind of things. I was being convicted like I am less like Jesus than I thought and more like the Pharisees than I thought. But it's the grace of God yeah, because he's revealing to us how we're wrong so that he can make us right. Yep. That's, what, that's what conviction is. But so often we translate conviction into guilt yeah. because we say, well, I'm not where I'm supposed to be, and I don't know how to get there. Yeah. The fact that you realize you're where you're not supposed to be is how you get to where you're yeah. going. Like so often, and we were talking about this in our, our meeting yesterday, and I just, I was really talking to Dentine about this last night because I just see so often people equate struggle with failure. Mm-hmm. That every time we struggle, that means we're failing. That means we're not like Jesus. That right. means we're not where we're supposed to be. Right. And and therefore we're 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 in a place where you know we can't be helped. Yeah. I've just I've lost it and I gotta get back what I had. And that's not true. Yeah. Oftentimes struggling is how we realize we're growing, is the path to growing. Yeah. And we see that all throughout the scripture with the disciples. Yeah. That, that they are constantly, it is constantly revealed to them how little of faith they have, mm-hmm. the misunderstanding of Jesus they have, the love they don't have for their neighbor. Yeah. And it's not so Jesus can say, you guys are never going to get it right. It's so that he can lead them into who they're supposed to be. Yeah. And eventually we see that happening. But as soon as we see in Acts, these guys start to move in who they're supposed to be. We forget the whole story mm-hmm. before that. Mm-hmm. We forget the whole process right. Right. that got Peter to be where he wants to be. Yeah. And we start to look at all these things, and we start to romanticize them. Peter was a massive failure. He was disciple. a massive <laughs> failure. Dude was a mess. I mean, if we're, he was if, a we're mess. if we're making that distinction, I mean, according to all accounts, you know, he was he was a mess. He was he was a mess. He might have been the most unchristlike disciple. Mm-hmm. And and it's I mean, you just see time after time after time of of him failing and Jesus calling the failure out. It's not like he was like, It's yeah. okay, do whatever you want. Yeah. No, he called out the failure, yeah. but it was it was in a redemptive way. Right. It was in a way that drew Peter in to who he was supposed to be. So we have to understand the love that God has for us in that way, that even when I encounter my own struggles and my own sin in the Scripture, God is not doing it to condemn me. He's doing it to save me, and I have to submit to that. I was talking to a youth student last week who said, every time I forgive a person in my life and they hurt me again, I have to forgive them again. And she's like, I just don't understand how I can't forgive them. And I said, honey, sorry, in the South we call people honey. Yeah. I said, honey, you are forgiving them. Yeah. And just just because you have to forgive them again doesn't mean you didn't forgive them the first time. Yeah. It means that God has given your heart a greater opportunity to heal because you have a you have a deeper level of forgiveness that you have to walk in now. Yeah. So we have to understand the way God works in our life mm-hmm. and he works through those struggles yeah. and through those difficulties and through us seeing an ugly picture of ourselves mm-hmm. in the text 
but we're also seeing the beautiful picture of Jesus yeah. and how he's at work in us. Yeah. And I think it's accepting that conviction mm-hmm. because and and then also being cautious of disputing that. Because I think again, what I, I love this example of the Pharisees and the disciples and you know how they encountered Jesus, because we can also, on the extreme side, dispute that feeling or debate and say, well, I'm 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 that's not a hundred percent true because I have this over here, I'm mm-hmm. doing this or whatever. Mm-hmm. And and here's the thing, those those convicting things, that's the work of the spirit. Exactly. Because because what Jesus said, and I read in Acts this morning, is that is that Jesus said, like, the Father is going to send you the promise. Like, the Holy Spirit is the promise mm-hmm. and the work of God in us. And so when we encounter, the, when we approach the Scriptures properly, encounter Jesus in the Scripture, the Holy Spirit confirms the work in us, and that's the promise of God. Exactly. It, it also says that, that that's the, it says in Ephesians 1.13, it says that we are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's our promise and our seal and our guarantee yes. of of Christ and of his return and all of who he is. Mm-hmm. You know, and so we have to be careful not to dispute those things too. Definitely. And like try to seek our own righteousness and say, well, you know, but I do this over here and I'm yeah. I'm, I'm okay in this area. So, you know, and, and yeah. just really accept that correction yeah. from the Holy Spirit. Yes. Because that's our seal, yes, right. That's our guarantee, yeah. And so all of those things work together when we when we when we open the scripture, yeah, and exactly. We, and when we approach it with the right heart. So I'm gonna bring this in for a landing because I think good. we can. I think we could keep going. Oh on this, goodness, yeah, for but, sure. But just be encouraged and and let's just check our heart as we approach the scripture, as we approach the the throne room, and as we approach Jesus. Um, through these passages of scripture, mm-hmm. and um, thank you for sharing that quote. I think it's mm-hmm. just, I think it's very impactful. Yeah, and so again, good. we'll uh, we'll leave the because uh, I think the guilt versus grace conversation is a, is a good one to link. So we'll yeah. leave that link in the bio um, for this video, and we'll leave it in the description for the podcast. But listen again, we appreciate you guys so much yep. for listening, hanging in on these episodes, and showing us love. Uh, be sure to follow us if you're yep. on Instagram at Church Voice podcast all one word and um other than that man we're gonna see you guys in the next episode yep see y'all then peace out